The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. Last week, Penny Hader shared her journey from an abusive husband to a stalker, boyfriend, to self-empowerment. Although our guest today, Brian Cuban, had different challenges, his healing path was also about self-empowerment. He will talk with us about his experiences with childhood abuse, depression, eating disorders, drug addiction, and body dysmorphic disorder, and finally taking charge of his life and choosing self-empowerment. As one person wrote, although you discuss difficult topics on your show, you manage to do it in a way that is uplifting. I'm not sure how you do it, but it encourages me to continue listening. I believe that this listener and others find it uplifting as opposed to depressing because this show gives you the tools to change your life through helpful information, inspirational stories, and guests who are courageous and thought leaders in their field. If you're trying to figure out how to find the silver lining in a difficult situation or how to rid yourself of persistent negative thoughts or have a personal story to share or comment, please call during the show to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine five. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Or email now or between shows to doctor. That's dr paula joyce at gmail dot com. And the phone number to call between shows is one two one four seven three six four four. Six zero. We all have challenges. The big question is how do you deal with those challenges? Do you sweep them under the rug? Do you hide the truth from others and even from yourself? Or do you face your challenges head on and choose to heal, choose to live, not just survive? 
when we believe the illusions that we create in order to get out of bed in the morning, we are not being true to ourselves. In the end, this is always a path that leads to more misery. We've talked about self-empowerment in a number of shows, but what exactly does that mean and how do we achieve it? Self-empowerment begins with taking responsibility for what we have created in our lives. I don't mean self-blame or self-criticism. It's actually very freeing to admit our own role and what has transpired in our lives as long as we don't use that awareness to beat up on ourselves. It's freeing because then we know we have a choice and new choices can help us create different results. It means we have the power to choice by choice create the life we want. We can choose new behaviors, new thoughts, new friends, new significant others, new activities, new passions, new jobs, new places to live. If we do what we've always done, we will get what we've always gotten by consciously making new choices that are self-loving. We can let go of fear and replace it with love and truly heal. We can choose to love ourselves instead of trying to get others to love us by saving them or trying to by trying to make them happy, by doing what we think will please everyone else and what we think will make us look good to others, be worthy, be lovable. The truth is that when we allow our true selves to emerge, we automatically attract the people who will love us for who we are. We are, in fact, good enough when we allow our authentic light to shine. The message of the new movie, The Book of Life, is a wise one. Our greatest fear is being our true self. And when we break through that fear, we are truly living. We are truly alive. As our affirmation for this month says, where there is God, goddesses love, there can be no fear or blockages. There must only be the positive. When you say this affirmation, pause, breathe deeply, take in the feeling of being surrounded by love. It's in the air we breathe. Take the time to honor this love. Breathe it in deeply. Feel it entering your body, cleansing you and clearing out the fear. Then exhale the fear Worries, anger, blame, shame, guilt, jealousy, resentment, and then smile, knowing that you are deeply loved and cared for. Feel the peace and joy. If one out of two of us will experience abuse in our lives, it's easy to adopt a victim mentality. You may have noticed that although we talk a lot about abuse on this show, I never use the term victim. 
That's because we all have choices, including the choice not to be abused and not to self-abuse. We may not be able to choose certain life circumstances, but we can choose how we live during them and after them. Many of us come from family, racial, gender, or religious histories of abuse. In coming to terms with my personal history of abuse, I wrote this piece in 1999 called The Sound of Freedom. The Sound of Freedom. Freedom from the bonds and bondage of the past, and I mean the past from Eve on. The whole history of sacrifice, repression, abuse from Eve to the Holocaust to the present. Freedom from the burden of fear. Someone or something is out there lurking, ready to kill me just for the sin of being born a woman, a Jew. Fear that any and all infractions will be noted, reported, and punished. Freedom from an unpredictable and cruel world. Freedom from rules that no longer have meaning except to maintain life and patterns as they currently are, to keep the bonds of slavery held tight. Freedom from the pain of my ancestry. Freedom from untimely deaths, lost wealth, lost relatives, murdered relatives, separated families, children without childhood, degenerative diseases, being good in order to be loved. Freedom from losing myself because others before me did. Freedom from a prison of self-imposed walls, hardened thought patterns, negativity, resentment, blame, guilt, worry, helplessness, power over, under, and through others. Worry, worry, worry. Freedom from not accepting love. Freedom from low self-esteem that eats away at the body, mind, and soul. Freedom from a bent spine that twisted every which way to win love and ended up defending the heart so that the body closed in over it. Freedom from centuries of torture, of fear, of prejudice, of isolation, of being stigmatized, scapegoated, and misunderstood. Freedom, the sound of freedom, to be me, whatever that means in the moment. Freedom to love myself, to live in trust, to live, not to merely exist. To truly embrace life, the life force, with energy, spontaneity, and joy. Freedom to make a decision and trust that it is okay, that I will be safe, that no one event or decision will lead to disaster, that I will not choose or be sent to the line terminating in the gas showers instead of the barracks. Freedom, Freedom to know that I am alive and I don't have to keep dying in Auschwitz. Freedom to honor my family and myself by escaping not only to the land of milk and honey, but also to the life of milk and honey, to life without limits, without mental torment. Freedom to break through and live the life that they all desperately wanted and sacrificed for. Freedom to accept the gifts that were given to me in love. 
to get to the point of freedom from fear takes a lot of work, and it's been worth every second. I no longer look back with bitterness or regret because I like myself now. And if I were to remove any one of my experiences, I couldn't guarantee that I'd still be me. It took each and every piece of my life to create me as I am. I've learned a lot, and it's all the sweeter because I can share it with you. So what are some of the techniques that I use to release fear? One is to sound the note E. Its vibration is particularly powerful in removing fear. Playing uplifting music like Mozart or Ohm with harmonies is also helpful in raising your thought vibrations above fear. I like to listen to the monks chanting because they also bring their spiritual growth and power into the vibration. I listen to music I bought or on YouTube, and sometimes I chant with them to multiply the positive impact of the own vibration. You can also pray for the strength, courage, and self-confidence to accomplish your goal. Burn incense like sage or frankincense to dissipate fear. The color yellow helps to remove fear. Wear it. Burn yellow candles. Breathe it into your body and or buy yellow flowers and keep them near you. Monitor your thoughts. When when you hear yourself saying something self-disparaging, reword it into a positive statement or say something like, Well, I can't do that yet, but I will soon. Or I did better this time than the last time I was faced with a situation like this. You can find more valuable ways to remove fear in my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Find the ones that appeal to you and use them consistently. It's available on my website, paulajoyce.com. If you'd like to work in a group, my creative problem-solving meetup is once a month. This month's meeting is next Wednesday, October 29th at 11.30. The process I use is very powerful in discovering and dissolving your hidden fears with ease. For more information, go to my website, paulajoyce.com. If you prefer individual help in releasing your fears, I work in person, on the phone, or on Skype. To talk with me about my coaching, speaking, or workshops, you can reach me through my website, paulajoyce.com or voiceamerica.com. And here's a very effective meditation that will help you clear away fears. Do this with me now and do it often. Build it into your daily routine. You can lie down or sit comfortably, whatever allows you to be the most relaxed. For simplicity's sake, I'm going to use the terms God and Goddess in this meditation. Please substitute whatever is comfortable for you. 
Take a deep breath and exhale slowly. One more time. Breathe in deeply and exhale slowly. Envision yourself swimming in an ocean of blue light. See and feel all of your negative thoughts and fears going into this ocean of God, goddesses, love. See and feel God, goddesses, energy cleansing away all of your fears and old negative thoughts. See and feel yourself swimming out of that ocean, leaving all of the negative thoughts in it and swimming directly into an adjacent ocean that only contains God goddesses pure white light. This white light protects you and keeps all of the negative thoughts from returning. Take a minute to feel how light and happy you feel with the release of all of your fears and negative thoughts and knowing that you are loved and protected always. All you have to do is breathe in the love, feel it, know it's there, and allow it to penetrate you, to fill you. Our guest today, Brian Cuban, found his ways of releasing deep fear and pain. His best-selling book, Shattered Image, My Triumph Over Body Dysmorphic Disorder, or BDD, discusses his experiences living with and recovering from abuse, eating disorders, drug addiction, and BDD. Brian speaks regularly about his recovery, childhood bullying, fat shaming, and breaking the male eating disorder stigma. Brian has been on the Katie Couric Show, and his columns have appeared in many places, such as CNN.com and FoxNews.com. Based in Dallas, Texas, Cuban is also a lawyer and founder of his blog, The Cuban Revolution. You can find him on www.briancuban.com. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you're enjoying our program, be sure to like us on Facebook. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Brian Cuban to talk about his personal triumph over eating disorders, depression, and addiction. Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. 
Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I'm so glad you're here with us to hear our wonderful guest, Brian Cuban, who has gone through a series of really hard experiences in his life, and he's come through it with beauty and with self-awareness and healing and the desire to use his life experiences and the pain of them to help others become aware and to know that there's help for them and a better life. Brian, welcome. Paul, thank you for having me on. I, I And thank you for being on the courage to heal, first of all, to admit to oneself and then to others the truth of what's going on in our lives and then to be public about it with the passion to help others. So thank you. Will you please share with us your journey um, that brought you to this day? Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, I'm, uh, I'm 53 years old. And we have to go back all the way back to uh, the uh, mid-early 70s where I was uh, the middle of three children. And I was uh, a heavy child, and I was bullied severely in high school. 
and in junior high. And I had a very difficult relationship at home. There was a lot of fat shaming going on in my household with my mom and I. And I started to develop a very negative self-image. And by the time I was 18, uh, I developed anorexia as a freshman at Penn State. By 19, I'd become bulimic, and I would stay bulimic for until uh, I was 45 years old. And by 21, late, in, late into my 21st year, I had become a full-blown alcoholic. At 27, I was a drug addict. I also became addicted to steroids. I became very close to suicide at 45 years old and was uh, had two trips to a psychiatric facility and basically and went into recovery at, uh, at, at you know, in 2007. Uh, when I had my kind of aha moment, and so it was a very uh, slippery roller coaster going up and down that uh, I almost lost my life to. Mm. You went through so much. How did you finally let yourself face the truth and and choose life? Well, I was standing in the parking lot of a, a facility you may know here in Dallas, Green Oak Psychiatric Facility. For my second trip there, after a three-day alcoholic blackout, this was April 7th, 2007, and Paul, I was standing in that parking lot, and it occurred to me that there probably wasn't going to be a third trip. I'd be dead. I'd be below ground. And I also, it also occurred to me that I was getting very dangerous. I was getting dangerously close to losing my family, because family may, may love you unconditionally, and you hope they do. But there may very well be limits on their willingness to watch you destroy your life if you're not going to at least take charge of walking down a recovery path. Because, you know, I have, I have two brothers. A lot of people know my older brother, Mark, from Shark Tank, and the Mavericks. And I have a younger brother, Jeff. They have families. You know, they don't want a drug addict and an alcoholic around their kids, plus, you know, plus my eating disorder. I wouldn't want to have wanted me around them either. And standing in that parking lot, it occurred to me that, I was dangerously close to either not being alive or being totally alone. And that kind of pushed me into my first step in recovery, getting honest about where I was. And that takes a lot of courage. You mentioned your brothers, and in one of our conversations, you had said that they also performed a loving intervention that helped you. Yes, uh, I had become very close to suicide, and fortunately I have my brothers in my life were very close, so they uh, got wind that, you know, something was wrong, and they showed up at my house and, uh, you know, almost movie-type movie, movie type saved me. I was, in that, I was in that realm where I was, you know, had convinced myself that that was the proper thing to do to end my life, and they dragged me down to a psychiatric facility. Wow, um, and and that's an, an incredible expression of love to yeah. a, for for our, for people in our lives to not turn the other way, but to know that they can do something, and that you were worth saving. Absolutely, Paul. I consider myself very fortunate. Our father, who was also the middle of three children. Uh, stressed to Mark, Jeff, and I every day growing up as kids. You know, brothers, 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 wherever you go, wherever your life takes you, never abandon each other, always call, always stay in each other's lives, always know what's going on. And that stuck, you know, and that's held. 
you were very fortunate. You were you were very fortunate, and so then once you um, did admit to yourself what was going on, then how do you um, get to that place of trusting? the healer, the the people who are trying to help you, who you've been lying to up, up till then? That's a great question, Paula, and, it, and it's a process, and, it, and it's a slow process. It was for me. You know, recovery is a process of small steps, sometimes big steps, sometimes steps backwards. But for the trust part was hard because getting honest with where you are as an untreated bulimic, alcoholic, drug addict, you know, you put up, you, you create a different world that you can hide all these things from people and you have to drop that wall of shame and, you know, despair and hopelessness that you put up around yourself to protect yourself and let people in, uh, for even in recovery, for instance, when I first, uh, told my psychiatrist, uh, what had happened, I told him about the drug addiction and the suicide and the, uh, alcoholism, but I was too ashamed to even tell him about the eating disorder that I had suffered for, from for over 25 years, you know, because men just don't talk about you know, those things. It's okay to talk about drug addiction and alcoholism, uh, but men don't talk about eating disorders because that is the conversation has been that is a woman's issue. You know, there is a huge stigma for men, even though 30% of all those with eating disorders are men. You know, men are taught to be, lead, you know, we grew up, men are leaders, men are, you know, wage earners, men are cavemen, men don't binge and purge, and men don't starve themselves. That's what women do. That's the conversation. And things have gotten better with that, but we still have a long way to go. We lag way behind uh, the conversation that women have about body image. So when I, was, when I finally came clean with my uh, psychiatrist, which was April 8, 2007, uh, you know, I told him all that. And it's kind of funny, Polly, people think, that because you're paying someone, you know, you're paying your treatment provider, you know, whatever the rate is, that you're going to be honest with them because you're paying them. But shame knows no hourly rate, right? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have the right relationship with your treatment provider, you know, where you feel comfortable opening up, uh, no matter how much that hourly rate is, you know, you're not going to do it. And, you know, and sometimes the treatment provider assumes you're being honest because you're paying them. And, and so that's why it is so important to find the right relationship when you're seeking treatment. I went through probably seven shrinks before I found one that I was good with. And, and, you know, and that relationship was the first step in telling him. The second part of getting honest about where I was was the next day walking in a 12-step. Because as my psychiatrist said to me, he said, look, we've got a lot of layers to peel back of this onion, but the problem is... You're, you know, you're a freaking drug addict and alcoholic, and we got to get that under control because we can't have discussions, deep discussions, and opening up this painful wall of your past, talking about that 13-year-old bully child and, you know, the relationship with your mom, who, by the way, my mom was fat-shamed by her mom, and her mom was fat-shamed by her mom. These things are often generational in nature. I do not blame my mom. Eating disorders, addiction... Uh, these are biological in basis. They are not a, 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 a product of parental fault. You know, we say work the blame, work the, work the problem, not the blame. So my mom and I actually have a good relationship now. But uh, so I walked in the 12 step, and that was the first step. And then getting honest about how I got there. 
Okay, once I was able to get some sobriety under my belt and get clean, getting honest with how I got there was dealing with my relationship with my mom, with the fat little boy who was bullied at school. And that's hard, but I was very lucky. I had a mother who was willing, and I have a mother who was willing to step into that with me and tell me how she was raised. Tell me about the verbal abuse inflicted on her by her mom and the tools she was given to raise children. And a lot of families don't have that. There's blame, there's finger pointing, there's silence. And so I was very grateful to my mother, and it was an instrumental part of my recovery that my mother was able to enter my past with me and explain those things to me. And and you know what, Paula? Once we had those conversations, guess what? I stopped blaming. I started forgiving. Because once you, once you have knowledge, you're able to understand. And once you're able to understand, you're able to forgive. At least I was. I mean, I know there are a lot of situations where forgiving is much harder. And once I was able to forgive, I realized it wasn't her fault, and I was able to let go of anger. And letting go of anger was a huge step in my recovery. Yes, and uh, you've said so many powerful things, and and you were fortunate that you had a mother who was willing and able to meet you with the psychiatrist to to work through what her past so that you could and to acknowledge it so that you too could heal. I mean so that, didn't mean that with the psychiatrist. These were conversations between her and I that I sucked it up and said, you know, can we have these? And she said yes. Okay. Well however you did it, but many um, parents are not willing to face the truth of what they've done and to talk about it. And so you were fortunate in that regard and that you were able to heal that relationship. And yes, the anger and the blame are so dysfunctional. And and the other thing that you said that I think was, well, yes, well, the familial, you said so many things, but the familial transference of generation to generation of verbal abuse where parents don't even necessarily know what they're doing or have any better tools to deal with raising children. Absolutely. And you got to remember, this was... You know, this was at a time when, you know, the early, this was at a time when there was no awareness. I mean, people didn't talk about depression. You know, people didn't talk about eating disorders. People didn't talk about, you know, there, there was no term called fat shaming in the household. Gender roles were very defined. Women were in the home. The fathers came back from World War II and the Korean War. And so much has changed since then. There are so many more tools. There are so many more outlets. There are so many more ways for parents to educate themselves on these issues. Yes, and and I think you also mentioned a key point in terms of your relationship with your psychiatrist to be able to heal. The key word being relationship. The, the trust and the honesty and the openness can co- only come when the connection and the relationship is one that allows for that. And I, I think regardless of the um, title of the person who we seek help from, the essential part is that there's a trusting relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without trust, all the education and all the degrees, you know, in the world, I mean, 
you know, are, are, are going to be useless, in, you know, for that situation. You have to have trust. And that's about finding the right relationship. And you were relentless. Seven people. I mean, you just kept working till you found someone. Well, you have to keep it in context that this is over. I'm 53 years old. This is over a long period of time where you're going in and out of treatment. I mean, I was like anyone else. I experienced setbacks where I thought it wasn't working, going off, you know, going off my medication because you feel hopeless. So it wasn't a smooth transition of finding someone. There was a lot, there were quite a few steps backwards. But that happens, and it's unfortunate because that's where people get stuck a lot of times. You know, the medication's not working. I don't like my treatment provider, so I'm just going to stop going. I'm going to stop taking my medication. And all of a sudden, you have three steps backwards with no outlet. And and I love the way you continue to be truthful about the process because when we have illusions of this is going to be simple, I just join AA and, and everything's going to be fine or I hire a psychiatrist or I go into treatment. So many people have to go into treatment numerous times before something clicks finally. But it doesn't mean that they should give up on themselves or others should give up on them. Absolutely, because it's hard to tear back those layers of an onion. I mean, it is hard. It was brutal. It was, it was, it was a lot. That part was a lot harder than stopping the addictive behavior. Because you, know, you can stop an addictive behavior for a short period of time, just at least I could, just based on force of will. But to open up yourself and expose the vulnerability to deal with the things that brought you to those behaviors is very difficult. Yes, and especially when you were getting bombarded, not only at home, but then bullied at school and and in other areas of your life. So it must have felt like there was almost, there weren't many safe havens. I didn't feel like there was a safe haven. Uh, I didn't feel, you know, my brothers at that point knew knew about my drug and alcohol problems. But, you know, the eating disorder was even more shameful, and I didn't feel comfortable telling them. My father didn't know any of this. I idolized my father. I didn't want him to know any of these things. And so, yeah, there's even, you know, even now when we were in, I was into my 40s and stuff, I, I experienced the common theme that I get from, from people that email me every day, especially about eating disorders and addiction. I felt totally alone. I didn't feel like anyone could be going through what I was going through. And, and yet so many people suffer in silence as someone I know whose um, husband, ex-husband was abusive. She said there, and people call her like they contact you. And she said there's so many people leading quietly desperate lives. Absolutely. The common theme I get all the time is that I think I'm the only one. Yes. Let's um, and and we're here to tell you you are not alone and you do a beautiful job of that, Brian. Thank you. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with Brian. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Brian Cuban to talk more about the eating disorders and the addictions and the path of self-empowerment that led to his healing.
Change. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We're here with Brian Cuban, author author of Shattered Image. And Brian suffered from um, a disease that most of us have never heard of. And so I'd like very much for you to talk to us about body dysmorphic disorder, what it is, and um, how to heal from it. Sure. It's a disorder that affects about 2 to 4% of the population, men and women equally. And basically what it is, is when you take a smaller non-existent defect in your body and exaggerate it to the point where it affects your ability to function, quote, normally, unquote, in life. For me, because there was so much emphasis placed on my weight and the fat shaming at home and the bullying over my weight, I was even physically assaulted. No matter how thin I got, every time I would look in the mirror, there was this overwhelming feeling that there was this fat stomach whether even in car windows and my computer monitor, you know, it was, that feeling was always there. So what happens is you cycle through all these destructive behaviors trying to change that fat stomach, when in reality you're getting thinner anyways, but it never changed, the image never changes. And so, you, you know, some people abuse plastic surgery, you know, if, if they have issues that may be focused on those type of defects. Some people abuse drugs, I did that. People abuse steroids, I also did that. You know, people get eating disorders. About 30% of those with BDD also have eating disorders. So you can cycle through all these destructive behaviors trying to change an image that never changes, that basically horrifies you. 
you know, you you mentioned earlier that um, 30% of people with eating disorders are men and that we used to think it was 10%. And there was um, a book that I read, um, something about the macho, I can't remember the last part of the title, but this author um, tracked images not only of women in advertising but also of men and how the men over time have gotten more muscular and yeah. more macho um, and and that the you know the women have gotten smaller and thinner and so on so that the image that we get um, bombarded with of what the ideal man looks like not only the ideal woman, but also what the ideal man looks like, so that we're always measuring ourselves against an image that's impossible for us to meet. And so, you know, I, I, I think what you said about taking steroids makes sense to me in within that context of how the media bombards us with what we're supposed to look like and that reality of what people really look like is never good enough. Absolutely. Steroids are actually a very common uh, issue with body dysmorphic disorder. There is no doubt that the media has influenced uh, male body image and how males see themselves and what they want to look like. Is media the cause of these things? I don't think so. It's just one factor. Uh, We have male, you know, the young men now are much more focused on you know, looking like the Spartan from 300, you know, or these images in the movies that, you know, that no one realistically can look like anyways. They don't tell you how they got to look like that or they help or how they were digitally, digitally manipulated to look like that. Exactly. Or the 12-minute abs in uh, Men's Health magazine that no one can have, right? Right. Except for that mysterious guy on the cover that always has them. <laughs> yes, the, the media is definitely plays a role uh, in... Out, and what they have done, Paul, is I think it has lowered the state of what I call normative discontent. And what normative discontent is, for people who don't know, is we all look in the mirror, you know, one day or another and look in the mirror and say, man, I just can't deal with that today, right? The hair, this or that, I just don't want to go out. But we go out and we go on with our lives. Everyone goes through those normal body image issues. That is not a psychological disorder. But what has happened is that people would, who would otherwise be triggered and who are predisposed to these disorders, the set point has been lowered in part by all these images and this focus on male body image. Well, you articulate it so beautifully. And and I think the other point that's so important is that there's been a lot about anorexia and bulimia, how, you know, you can't really heal from them, that they're lifelong. So, but somehow, I, I don't know if this is ongoing recovery for you, but you seem to have um, a healthy life, a clean life where you're not, engaged in any of these self-abusive, self-destructive behaviors. And I'm not. I mean, I've been clean of all those behaviors. I've been you know, drug-free, alcohol-free, steroid-free, and haven't engaged in uh, eating disorder behavior since April 8, 2007. That doesn't mean I'm not in recovery. You know, I'm always evaluating where I am every day, what my thought process is, and trying to make that thought process healthier. Recovery is a process, and 
recovery is an ongoing, you know, it can be a lifelong process. That's not a bad thing. That is staying present in where you are and being self-aware. So, I'm sorry, I think that's true of everybody. I think we all have stuff that we deal with that we need to work with daily. Absolutely. What has changed, Paula, is that if I have a negative body image thought, I see something from my past that may trigger, you know, uh, for whatever for, for reasons we won't go into. Peanut M&Ms are a huge trigger for me. Eating sort of <laughs> yeah. and, but, uh, you know, what has happened through lots of therapy and medication, I take antidepressants every day to control both the uh, OCD component of body dysmorphic disorder and clinical depression. I have come to, you know, I process thoughts differently than I used to. So I leave a positive life. I am now able to love. I am now able to trust. I am now able to let people into my life. I am behavior free. And I consider that a very healthy lifestyle for other people that may define it differently than I do. Uh, well, I I think it's marvelous, you know, and inspirational to know that somebody can come from such a low point to such a high point, to have such a high... How many people can say what you just said? You know, that they live in the moment, that that they accept love, are able to give love, that they are fully present in their lives, you know, and live in the moment. What and, and we all need tools to do that, and we all need to monitor our thoughts and to clear out the worries and fears and negative beliefs because we've all been told we're not good enough in some ways. Absolutely, and people internalize those words differently. Not everyone will internalize them like I did. I was classic middle child syndrome, you know, we're very needing of acceptance, very sensitive to what was said about me. Some other people, it may not affect them in that way. But I, you know, I, I think, Paula, that, you know, just constantly evaluating how I feel about myself is key in my continuing my recovery. And, and I think that's beautiful, you know, and that's the component of self-empowerment that is so essential to, you know, taking charge of our lives the way you took charge of your life to say, okay, what was, was, I can heal the past with my mother and create a good relationship. The bullies, I just have to somehow come to peace with and other things that, um, that may have happened. But then you also are present with yourself and empowering yourself to be in charge of your own thoughts and your own behaviors. And you're right. And you know what's funny, Paula? I'm Facebook friends with some of those kids that bullied me and physically assaulted me. They don't, you know, I, I mean, I forgive them. They were 13-year-old kids. You know, well, what, what point would it make? What, how would it serve me to be angry, to hold anger against 53-year-old men? Well, great. (laughs) I I just hope that, you know, the only thing I wish for a kid, those those people, is that they are raising their kids differently than they were raised in terms of empathy and compassion for others who are different. Well, absolutely. And I think your willingness and ability to forgive them, and I don't know who reached out first, but 
for the relationship to evolve says a lot in terms of their own healing and self-acceptance, which then allows them to be a better person, better parent, more compassionate. You know, it gets passed on as we get forgiven and are able to forgive, more compassion comes in. Absolutely. And, And holding on to anger over that, I mean, holding on to anger over anything is one of the biggest barriers to moving forward. And and I agree with you. And I think under anger is fear of not being loved, not being accepted, not getting what we want. And if we let go of the anger, then we can deal with what's real. Exactly. And I don't believe that there's anything wrong with anger. It just has to be expressed in the right environment. I mean, there was a lot of anger in my recovery. You know, my mom, you know, I, but it was, it was expressed in a relationship with a treatment provider. And, and that is stated beautifully. Anger, and, and I'm, I'm going to thank you at this point, but anger is a human emotion. And to deny it only creates more pain and more anger, and then it comes out inappropriately. Express it appropriately is a sign of profound healing. I agree 100%. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian, for your wisdom, inspiration, and just the beauty of who you are. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and share my story. I really enjoyed it. You're welcome, Brian. And I'm going to turn to my audience now and thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, like us on Facebook, you can do that by going to my website, paulajoyce.com, where you can also get more information on my services and the books like Brian Cubans and other guests have written. It's also a good way to contact me if you want to talk about becoming a client. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount. I hope you'll join us next week when Dr. Miriam Friedman and Kim Russell will be our guests. In the meantime, if you think of a question about a show or a difficulty in your own life or have an inspirational story to share, please leave a phone message at 214-736-4460 or email me at drdrpaulajoyce at gmail.com. If you have a question, others do too, so help yourself and them by asking it. You can do so anonymously if that feels safer. And remember, you can contact our guests from today, Brian Cuban at www.briancuban.com. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week. Thank you.